covering all aspects of Milwaukee Brewers baseball. It's time for Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Here is your host, Matt Pauley. And we do welcome you into another edition of Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. We are powered by WTMJ Mobile. My name is Matt Pauley. This week we're coming uh, to you from a road location for the first time, kind of a uh, look behind the curtain of the podcast. Probably 80, 85% of the time we record the podcast from uh, my home studio. Maybe another 15, 20% of the time uh, we record it uh, at the WTMJ studios, depending on if I happen to be there on a Sunday. But for the first time ever, actually recording this on the road, for those of you who do not know, one of my uh, other uh, gigs that I uh, have, I'm the broadcaster for Green Bay women's basketball, the top 25 Green Bay women's basketball team, by the way. And they're playing IUPUI on Monday, so I have all the studio equipment that I brought on the road with me, and I am broadcasting it this week from Indianapolis, Indiana. So we uh, we welcome you into the podcast from Indianapolis. doesn't really impact you where we are recording it from. we got a lot to get to uh, this week. Of course, our headlines of the week in just a few moments. And actually, we do have some headlines this week. It's been a very, very quiet uh, Brewers offseason, but uh, they take care of some of their uh, arbitration-eligible players, actually all of their remaining arbitration-eligible players they take care of this past week so we'll talk about that in a few moments our uh, featured guest this week is going to be uh, brad ford a uh, normal guest a very uh, frequent guest uh, here on uh, brewers extra innings the podcast powered by wtmj mobile so brad's gonna be on the program coming up here in just a few minutes it's we're kind of at the same spot as we were this time last week there's just not a whole lot to talk about Brewers-related. Yeah, they, they go out and they uh, get deals done with their arbitration-eligible players. So Jimmy Nelson, Corey Knable, Aaron Perez, and Jonathan Villar are all officially under contract. And those guys, you know, probably the only noteworthy aspect about that is they get paid a little bit uh, less than I think a lot of people expected them to get paid. But for the most part... Uh, it's there's not there's not big news uh, regarding anything. I do think it was a good decision by the Brewers to find a way to get this done. Uh, I've talked about this before, but I'll just mention it very quickly. I think the last thing you want to do as a Major League Baseball team is ever go to arbitration with one of your players. I think it is the single worst thing that you can have happen during the course of the offseason, especially if it involves a player who is going to be a core part of your team. Because the way arbitration works is you put in the amount of money that uh, you want to pay a player, the player submits the amount of money they want to be paid and it goes to an arbitration hearing and one side wins. It's either some A or some B. It's not a split the difference sort of deal. So somebody wins and somebody loses and you have to sit there and you have to argue your case of why you either think as a player you deserve to make that much money or as an organization why that player does not deserve to make that much money. And that's where the rub is. Because essentially you're walking into a room, sitting at a table across from this player and his representation, and you're going to sit there and you're going to tell people uh, why he does not deserve to make what he thinks he deserves to make. You never, ever, 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 ever want to be put in that kind of situation where you're doing that with one of your players. So I just think staying away from arbitration is absolutely the smartest thing. If it costs you a few more bucks to avoid arbitration, I always think it is worth it. And it didn't even cost the Brewers extra bucks because uh, they end up signing those guys for uh, really 
conservative numbers, especially compared to where some of the uh, prognostications had uh, them paying in terms of uh, their arbitration number. Again, we are going to be joined by uh, Brad Ford coming up in just a few minutes. And always, uh, we appreciate any uh, reviews that you might uh, be able to uh, leave for us, ratings, reviews uh, for Apple Podcast. If you listen on iTunes, Apple Podcast, whatever you want to call it, if uh, you can take two, three minutes and leave us a review, that would be uh, very much appreciated. And if you ever want to get in contact with me, best way to do so is via Twitter. You can tweet at me, uh, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. This is Brewers Extranes, the podcast. We are powered by WTMJ Mobile. It doesn't matter if it's right in the middle of the summer or winter. There's always news about the Brewers. Let's look back at the week that was with Matt's headlines of the week. Brewers Extrains, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile does continue on. It is time for headlines of the week. And as we alluded to, and really much of this podcast is going to be centered around this one news item, is the fact that the Brewers do sign their four arbitration eligible players to one-year deals. Jimmy Nelson, Corey Knable, Hernan Perez, and Jonathan Villar. Uh, Nelson is set to earn $3.7 million next year. VR is going to get $2.55 million. Uh, as far as uh, Ernan Perez goes, it has been reported that he's going to be at uh, $1.975 million for uh, this upcoming uh, season. And then Corey Knable is at uh, $3.65 million. The uh, MLB trade rumors every year, we've talked about this uh, when they came out, MLB Trade Rumors every year uh, puts together their arbitration predictions, basically how much a guy is going to get paid uh, in their arbitration-eligible years. And these numbers all come under those uh, predictions. And they're, they're generally pretty spot on. They're very good at making those predictions. So good job to get these guys signed, as we were just talking about in our first segment. Uh, you don't want to go to arbitration. You don't want to sit in a room and tell people, uh, you know, to the, you know tell, tell the people making the decision why this player of yours doesn't deserve what they're asking for. So just getting that deal done or those deals done makes a lot of sense. We had talked about Boone Logan previously on the podcast because it was all but uh, assumed and all but uh, reported that uh, he was officially signing a deal with the Brewers. Well, it was official uh, late this past week. Logan coming off an injury. It's going to make $1.875 million in 2018. He then has a club option for 2019 where he would make $4.125 million. If the Brewers decide not to pick that up, they would have to pay a buyout of $625,000. He's coming off an injury, but he's not an injury-prone guy, and all he's got to do is kind of revert back to what he's done throughout most of his career, and he's an absolute bargain at just under $2 million, and he's still not anywhere near overpaid uh, in 2019 at just over $4 million. The team also signs J.J. Hoover to a minor league contract that has an invite to Major League Spring Training. Uh, Most recently, he pitched with the Arizona Diamondbacks last year 52 times for Arizona. He had a a 3.92 ERA. Very familiar to Brewers fans. He was with the Reds from uh, 2012 to 2016. In his career, uh, 288 Major League appearances. He has a 4.09 ERA. Pretty good chance he makes the team. Uh, They sign him to the minor league deal with the uh, big league uh, uh, invite to spring training. More than anything else, it's just a way to avoid having to make a 40-man roster move uh, with him. Uh, But even if he were to not make the team out of spring training, uh, I guess there would be some minor league options for him. I don't really... 
I don't I don't protect him. I don't, I don't view him as somebody that wants to be in the minor league. So, you know, the, he's probably gone out in that contract as well if he doesn't make the team uh, right out of spring training and ends up uh, in the minor leagues. But kind of a low-risk signing for the Brewers right there. To make room for uh, Boone Logan, they did have to clear one spot off the 40-man roster. They have released Taylor Youngman. The release comes with somewhat of a caveat because Youngman is uh, continuing to uh, negotiate with a number of uh, teams overseas and there's pretty much an agreement in place that the Brewers would release him so that he could sign uh, with a team somewhere else and uh, that will be uh, in all likelihood Japan and once uh, that happens the Brewers would receive some sort of compensation from that team uh, in Japan but you look at Youngman and really you know he he pitched well this past year at Triple A Colorado Springs and you thought maybe that was the thing that was going to really push him forward. He had had some good moments with the big leagues, uh, but also some bad moments uh, with the Brewers as well. And he didn't get the opportunity at the end of the year. He was not a September call-up, which to some was a surprise after he pitched so well uh, at Colorado Springs, a place that he had really had trouble with. But uh, Taylor Youngman, just no room for him uh, anymore. And then one other uh, note, which this is more of a minor league note than anything else, but uh, for, for a lot of Brewers, Twitter and a lot of social media folks, and even some folks who cover the team, one of the most intriguing, compelling guys out there is Nick Ramirez, uh, someone who recently had converted from being a, a position player to becoming a pitcher in this past year. He uh, really, really pitched well uh, at Double A uh, Biloxi where he spent most of his season. He was at a point where uh, he either needed to be added to the 40-man r- roster or made available to other teams. He does not get uh, added to the 40-man roster, but he also uh, seemingly uh, doesn't have any offers from other teams that include uh, anything in terms of being on a 40-man roster or invite to spring training. So with that, the Brewers have re-signed uh, Nick Ramirez to a minor league deal. It doesn't officially have a uh, big league spring training invite, but we saw him play uh, in the Cactus League last year, and I think the expectation is that he's going to get some more Cactus League opportunities this year. Continues to be a very compelling guy and an interesting case because if he ever makes it to the big leagues, he still has the opportunity to be a pinch hitter to stay in the game at, say, first base after he pitches. Uh, he is a He's, you know, he's a dream for a National League manager. He just has to pitch well enough to be a uh, big league pitcher, and he hasn't quite gotten to that point yet. But that could happen this year, so that's something to uh, certainly keep an eye on as well. Those are this week's headlines of the week. After every Brewers game, signing an announcement, bloggers and podcasters hit the web to give their take. Now we bring them all together. It's the Social Media Roundtable, and it starts now. Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast is powered by WTMJ Mobile. It is time for our social media conversation. Very happy right now to uh, welcome in uh, one of our favorite guests. He is Brad Ford. You can read him over at uh, Brew Crew Ball. During the course of uh, the season, there's nobody that follows the minor league stuff more than uh, Brad. And, of course, he's got a pretty good handle on what's going on at the big league level as well. Follow him on Twitter at Brew Crew Blue. He is Brad Ford. Brad, great to talk to you. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. And yourself? I'm doing all right. I mentioned in my opening that the uh, the show is on the road this week. We are in Indianapolis, Indiana, because one of my side jobs is doing Green Bay women's basketball, and I'm traveling with them. So you are the first guest ever on the program where the program is originating from a state that is not Wisconsin. So congratulations on that. Yeah. 
Thank you very much. I'm happy to be a part of this momentous occasion. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's jump right into uh, to a few things. First off, uh, the the news of the week was the club avoiding arbitration uh, with the four remaining arbitration eligible players in uh, Jimmy Nelson, Corey Knebel, Ernan Perez, and Jonathan VR. All the salary figures are very, you know, they're, they're, they're conservative numbers. Nobody's getting uh, a huge amount of money. Did anything, we're, we're, we're grasping for straws because there's been so little Brewers news throughout the course of this offseason, but did anything jump out at you about uh, the, the, the guys signing their deals, avoiding arbitration, and the deals that they ended up signing? Uh, I was pretty impressed with the Brewers' overall savings, actually. Uh, a lot of the projections that come out in the offseason that were looking at the arbitration numbers had a lot of the guys making, not substantially, because we're um, talking about minuscule numbers in terms of minor major league contracts here, but in terms of what they ended up paying, uh, they ended up saving a few million here and there, like with Jimmy Nelson... Uh, from one of the R projections, I believe, from MLB Trade Rumors, had him at $4.7 million, and he ended up getting $3.7 million. So he ends up a million short there. Uh, Hernan Perez ended up at, I want to say, one point nine, and his projection was $2.2. Knable um, was four point one, and they saved a little there. So it's a nice little salary savings on the Brewers' part. So if free agency ever starts moving, which I don't believe it ever will, uh, because this is the offseason from hell, uh, then the Brewers will have a little bit more flexibility than a lot of experts predicted they would have. So really what you're saying is that savings only matters if they make some moves in free agency. Yep. Otherwise, uh, I mean, it's just profit, really. Perhaps you can work it into an extension, uh, but, I mean, if the people to extend are probably these arbitration cases. Maybe RCS is, or Santana are two people who you could consider extension candidates. But from all reports, not that reports have been too reliable this offseason, they're trying to trade Santana right now. And uh, you still have a lot of cost-controlled years for RCS, so you might as well ride out those lower numbers before extending him unless you get a contract that's very beneficial for the club. To me, it's kind of, I don't know if peculiar is the word, but we'll go with noteworthy, that they do sign below projected numbers. Because the way I look at it, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm off on this, and if I am, tell me. But the way I look at it, avoiding arbitration is something that clubs should be more motivated to do than players should be more motivated to do. Because if you're a club... You don't want to go into a room and tell a panel why this guy sucks. And that's essentially what arbitration is. So I, right. I I always think that teams need to avoid arbitration no matter what. So if it means giving a guy just a little bit more money than you wanted to give him just to avoid arbitration, it's absolutely worth it to me. Yet here's a situation where these four guys are all making, at least three of the four, but really all four guys are making a little bit less money than was projected. What, what leads to that? Uh, I think... A lot of it is just agents being willing to kind of take a little bit more to not have to put together that basically legal case that comes down to it because that's a waste of everyone's time, even if it ends up bringing in a few more million dollars. But I'm with you. Like, 
I mean, arbitration is designed by the MLPPA to give the players negotiating power before they have negotiating power. It's a system that actually rewards them for their performance. And when they first get there, the first year of arbitration is when they finally start making more than pennies in terms of MLB money is concerned. Of course, there's a lot of people listening who would love to be making $500,000 or more, but in terms of Major League Baseball money, that's not a whole lot. So when you're actually getting these millions of dollars, it's very beneficial and decided in a way that the players get the benefit. And as you said, teams don't especially love going in and talking about the reasons their players shouldn't get that money, about what makes them bad. Because if you say a few too many things, you players might have fragile egos. And when it comes to negotiating extensions later on in the future, maybe they hold something over you based on what you said. Or, you know, about you coming into the meeting, the arbitration meeting, and saying, oh, well, you said I was crap two years ago, and that's why you didn't want to give me an extra 500000 So, no, I'm going to another ball club. Wasn't, Often we don't hear that being the case, but, I mean, it's definitely a possibility. Wasn't it last year that Dellen Benitez from the Yankees went to um, arbitration and got all upset about what the Yankees said, and he was asking for some crazy money, he lost the arbitration hearing, he was upset about what the Yankees said. I mean, it was just a disaster. Right. And, yeah, you don't often hear about it, but the years that you do, I mean, it ends up being a big deal. Um, I mean, generally... What happens more often than not is the player's agent pitches a number, the team pitches a number, and if they meet in the middle, everyone's happy. Right. Um, so that just is the easy solution to just go with. But the players should probably fight for just a little bit more because it tends to benefit them. And like you said, I doubt any team wants to make their employee unhappy, like uh, Patanzas with the Yankees last year because, yeah, he was upset. His agent was upset, and it ended up being a big story and distraction heading into spring training. All right, so we've talked about Boone Logan on this podcast before because the Boone Logan signing was like the most <laughs> extended signing in the history of Major League Baseball, but it actually is official now, so it gives us an opportunity to talk about it again. Uh, a guy who's coming off injury but is not injury-prone and also has put up pretty good numbers, uh, this is – Maybe not even arguably. Maybe this is the biggest signing of uh, of the off season. Actually, one of the two biggest signings uh, of the off season. To me, Logan looks like he could be a nice fit in the bullpen. And you look at the numbers he's getting, uh, considering how much relief pitchers have been paid here in the off season. It seems like a pretty good deal for the Brewers. Agree or disagree? Uh, very much agree. He's a good recovery contract. A guy who has proven reliability in the bullpen. Um, you know, coming off a pretty serious injury, and it was the labrum, right? Um, which tends to be something that hampers pitchers in the long run, but the contract is really only put in a way that benefits the Brewers. And I believe they wouldn't be making a signing like this at all if they weren't confident he would come back after the fiscal. God knows they had plenty of time to figure out whether or not he looked good coming back. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Logan has put up some very solid numbers out of the bullpen. Uh, and with Cleveland last year, just, you know, that injury came back to haunt him. But overall, you can expect 40 to 50 innings of him. And if he's a guy who can hamper up those uh, pre-high-pressure innings and or 
you know, really strengthen that for the Brewers, it's a huge get. And like you said, the cost, although I disagree with some reports that have been astronomical for bullpen signings, compared to what everyone else was signing for, which are seven to $8 million contracts, this is quite the savings for an experienced bullpen arm who could be your Jared Hughes replacement and gives you a little bit more than Hughes gave you last year. And even, you know, he's going to make just under $2 million this year. There's a club option for $4.125 million for 19 uh, with a buyout of uh, about three-quarters of a million dollars. Even the $4.125 million, if he gets back to form, that four, that you know, four and change million dollars, that even that's a bargain for what Boone Logan's done throughout most of his career. Right. When you're talking at most, you're paying a player what a healthy Boone Logan. Like, if you're paying a healthy Boone Logan about $7 million this year, and you're playing a Boone Logan recovering from injury, a kind of show-me contract under what everyone else is getting per year, it's working out pretty good. Because, like I said, you're paying out these. I mean, even Jared Hughes, I think, ended up making more than this. Yeah. And Boone Logan definitely has a chance to be more reliable than Hughes did uh, out of the pen. So I think it's a great signing. Uh, worst comes to worst, you're paying $2.4 million, which really, when you're talking MLB dollars, isn't that much. It's a very smart signing because the risk is very low and mitigated in terms of what the Brewers are taking on. Because if he doesn't get healthy, you cut him and you're out. Like we said, in terms of MLB money, barely anything. Um, but he has a pretty reliable track history where you think as long as he comes back in some reliable form and, and is able to give you those 40 to 50 innings, he's going to be a very valuable reliever out of that time. And something that they, a type of reliever that they were missing last year in terms of someone who can give you a little bit more ahead of the eighth and ninth innings. Um, and then also a guy who can match up pretty well with lefties. Um, J.J. Hoover, he signs a minor league deal, invite to spring training. And for people who don't understand how all that works, essentially what that means is they don't have to clear a 40-man roster spot for him, and there could potentially be a door for him to go to the minor leagues. But more than anything, it's just if, if he's going to make the team, they'll clear the 40-man roster spot uh, prior to the regular season getting started. Hoover's numbers last year with Arizona, sub-4 ERA, 3.92 ERA, uh, 52 appearances for Arizona. However, I think if you go ask any Diamondbacks fan, they're happy that Hoover is no longer in that organization. He was non-tendered uh, by the Diamondbacks. What, what's your thoughts on him and, and his possibility uh, for uh, to be with the Brewers this year? Uh, I think the best way to describe his contract is very, why the hell not? They you know, reached out to him. Obviously, we're able to get a team-friendly deal that carries, uh, again, low risk. Um, can let him go if he doesn't make the major league roster and pay him only a little bit of out, or he's a guy who can help as some certain leadership and some uh, decent bullpen depth to the triple team. Or, I mean, you could even put him in the double A team. Um, the thing that's very concerning about him is his uh, whip. Uh, he lets a lot of people on base. Uh, walked between the last two years about 5.8 per nine innings. So, and I think last year, in order to pull up a ERA that was barely below four, 
he had to have a strand rate of about 85%, if not higher. Uh, Sarton, though, um, at least last year, he did her career-wise, not too amazing in terms of relievers. But he was striking out almost 12 per inning last year, or 12 per game last year. Um, but career, he's more of a eight struck out per nine type of guy. Um, again, there's it's a mitigated risk. There's a lot of risk with Uber here, but if he comes in and you can work some magic with him and turn him into the pitcher he was before 2016 with Cincinnati, where he really saw his downturn in performance, I mean, it's a huge deal because he's so affordable on that major league deal that we signed up to um, that having a performer who, say he gets back to the 2.94 ERA he put up in 2015, say he gets down to or back to that performance, even while walking his four per nine um, and not striking out as many, that's a huge get. And again, it shores up a weakness in the bullpen that was anything before those crucial innings last year. Um, the bullpen was definitely a spot they need to work on. And the way Stearns has fixed it in the last couple of years has been by taking on these players who carry a minimal financial risk and minimal long-term risk. And that's exactly what Hooper is. All right, so to make room for Boone Logan on the roster, we're continuing, by the way, to talk with uh, Brad Ford from um, from Brew Crew Ball. You can follow him on Twitter, Brew Crew Blue. To make room for uh, for Boone Logan on the 40-man roster, uh, the team releases Taylor Youngman, a former first-round pick. Youngman had some good moments with the Brewers. He had some not-so-good moments with the Brewers. Uh, this past year, seemingly he got his stuff together. He pitched to a 2.59 ERA at AAA Colorado Springs, a place that had really bothered him, and that's being nice about it. I mean, him and Colorado Springs did not get along, and uh, but now they released him. He's probably going to go play overseas, or he is going to play overseas, and there was somewhat of an agreement there to allow him to be released to go do that. It's not your normal straight release, but uh, is this a is, – do you look at Taylor Yugman as being a, a failure as a brewer? In terms of where he was drafted, um, I think you have to say yes. He gave the Brewers um, one, one and a half really good seasons um, where he was actually a sustainable major leaguer. But overall, he was, had an underwhelming big league presence and a very underwhelming minor league performance, um, especially that year coming back of 2015 where he pitched that sub-four ERA in the big league. So then he comes out. The fans think he's going to be someone who can be a staple of the rotation and kind of help out while the team's rebuilding. And he has an abysmal performance where even the most prized prospect wouldn't have been able to perform after putting up his numbers. Um, goes back down, isn't able to put it back together. This sent him down from AAA down to AA because, as you talked about, he was having a lot of issues in Colorado Springs. Um, and then they give him a chance in the pen last year, and it was all of two-thirds of an inning in, like, the first week of the season. And he doesn't do anything with it and gets them down again. Granted, as you just mentioned, he did come back and actually have a good performance. In fact, at the end of the season, you and I debated whether the team valued him based on him not getting the September call-up. And I said, you know, he could still have some value on this team, and I was dead wrong. Obviously... He was ready to shut the door at that point. 
Um, and he just continues to be the face of the Brewers' failed 2011 draft, where you really don't have much stock there anymore. Uh, you got back-to-back first-round picks, and they're both out of Major League Baseball right now. One playing overseas, one I think is Jack Bradley might be playing independent ball still, that was the last I saw. Um, I think he actually retired after yeah, a short season Yeah, I think there. he retired, yeah. Yeah, so your two first-round picks uh, retire, and I think Dustin Hool was the best player you have at the 2011 draft still. Huh. Uh, it doesn't look good. Uh, and, I mean, Taylor Youngman is a great representation of how that draft ended up going for Milwaukee. Um, Jorge Lopez is, I mean, also has, still has some hope. He was taking the pick after Jed Bradley, or not immediately, but the Brewers pick after Jed Bradley. Um, so, but again, he's another pitcher who's bounced between triple A and double A, um, has now been shifted over to what appears to be a relief focus. I don't think they're going to come back to starting this year. Didn't necessarily thrive in that position last year, uh, but maybe now that he has some experience with it, he can come out and perform a little bit better this year, maybe have an impact on the big league club. Um, I think our dreams in terms of 2011 returns should really just be behind uh, Nick Ramirez and uh, have the pinch-hitting bullpen pitcher uh, be the dream there. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he, he's definitely a disappointment, definitely a failure, and that's just a year fans can look back on and really kind of look at why the administration ended up shifting uh, when it did because they put together a couple of bad draft years like that. And this is one of the last of those people to go. Yeah, look, it's it's remarkable where the minor league system is at now, just period, without any caveats. But when you consider yeah, the, that draft wasn't that long ago and there's there's nothing from it, for them to be one of the top minor league systems in all baseball and to do it so soon after some really bad drafts, I think that just adds to how impressive the turnaround for the minor league system has been. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, really, as soon as they decided to start rebuilding, that minor league system climbed up really quickly from a team who barely had a top 100 prospect at all to now a team that has one of the deepest farms in all of baseball. Um, Some could argue even that it's the deepest. Um, And it all started with that Carlos Gomez, Mike Firestray that really started to give it a shot in the arm. Uh, I think a lot of people give Stearns 100% of the credit, but we got to remember that uh, Melvin was at least a part of it uh, and a big part of it at that. So it, I mean, it's really amazing considering that they weren't getting anything. It felt like in terms of return after the 2008, starting with the 2010 draft. Not that we were going to go here, but I, I want to ask you this and, and be totally honest with me. When that Fires deal was made, because Fires was a guy who there was still some club control on, so I, I was sitting in Colorado Springs at that point, you know, not, not covering the Brewers on an everyday basis yet, but I remember seeing that deal and going, huh, Fires, because I, I saw a lot of Mike Fires when I was broadcasting AAA baseball, and I always really, really liked him. And I, I sat there and I said, I don't like this deal because Fires has too much club control to just be throwing him away. 
and it's it worked out. So from your perspective, take your take go you know time travel back to when that trade happened. Did you like it or not? I, I remember really liking it. Um, I was of the mindset then, uh, which is very different from a mindset now, to burn it down, uh, which Stern ended up coming and doing. Um, to me, uh, from all the reports you've heard about that trade going or coming out of it, it was if you want Brett Phillips and Domingo Santana and Josh Hader all at once, you got to give us more. And for fighters to be that piece, uh, I was willing to do it because even though he had that longevity and control, he definitely wasn't, to me, going to be a part of the future team. And I felt like by himself, when you're not making that trade with Carlos Gomez, you're not getting that type of return with him. So if you go from having... Uh, and, I mean, I got excited about Josh Hader quick because, you, of course, you see a hard-throwing lefty and you see a bunch of Chris Dale comps. Uh, so I got really excited about all those. So, to me, you immediately got three top 100 prospects. And if the caveat to get that was to give up fires, I was okay with it at that point. All right. Fair enough. And, look, I mean, I, th- I think we can look back at it and say there was a good deal. Um, and it just it, it worked out. Uh, it absolutely did work out well. Uh, Brad, always appreciate taking some time. We don't have a lot to talk about. Actually, let me give you one more question before we uh, totally get out of here. Uh, the the Brewers off season event, their their Brewers on deck deal. We're we're less than two weeks out from that. That that tends to be the time and the place where they get to really show off the new toys that they pick up in the off season. With all due respect to uh, Boone Logan and Jalice Chassin and JJ Hoover, the, the the there's not a shiny toy in the toy box yet. Does does something happen prior to Brewers on deck? That, uh, that they will uh, be able to make some sort of move between now and then? Well, I think, uh, you know, the last few years, it's been their time where, for whatever reason, they announced big news at Brewers on Deck. Uh, that was when they announced, and at the time it was big news. I know a lot of people are upset about it now, but it was when they announced the Matt Garza signing. It was when they announced the Carolina move. So there's a if you don't get a big signing before then, which it really doesn't seem that way, and I don't think there will be, perhaps you'll learn about a big signing happening there. And so if you go, you might get some news firsthand before everyone else. Uh, there's always seems to be that possibility um, just with how it's worked out in recent history. So as you won't get to meet them, but maybe you'll get to hear about them. All right. Well, you know what? Maybe they could just keep something really, really quiet and bring the guys in and announce a signing and have them there. <laughs> right. You know, hey, here's our new picture that no one broke this news before. Uh, now line up to get your autograph. Well, why not? John here's you, Darvish, which that's not happening. Don't get excited about that. <laughs> can they? Can they do something like, outrageous like that? Will they include the words "John Heyman suck it" right in the middle of that? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you have to, right? <laughs> you, uh, totally, 100%. All right. Uh, hey, what are, uh, what's, uh, it's, there's nothing going on. So I ask you this knowing that you might not have an answer, but uh, uh, you guys are always putting together uh, content uh, um, over there at Brew Crew Ball. What, uh, what have you been working on recently? Uh, I have not been working on much lately. I've actually been taking a little period off since 
I'm one of the few writers to have a required daily update during the season. So most of my work has been on Twitter exclusive, but I might be helping out soon with our recaps of the fans actually get to elect our top one or our top prospects for the system. So right now there's the BCB fan vote going on for our top prospects. You can go over and participate in that, and I'm sure I'll be helping Kyle write up some recaps on the prospects in terms of those. Um, and we always seem to have a fun little article about how the brewers are spending money, things that are pending in free agency, and, of course, all the notes on the lukewarm stove of the 2017-2018 offseason. So you got some good stuff going over there, um, and I'll be getting more back in gear as the season gets underway and uh, the prospects start to show up. All right, that sounds good. Always appreciate the time, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk again very, very soon. Can't wait. Brett Ford joining us here on Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. As we start to uh, wrap up the program, we made reference to the Brewers on Deck event. Uh, that's the next big off-season event going to be coming up on Sunday, January 28th. Uh, always the uh, weekend between the AFC and NFC Championship games and the Super Bowl. That way, if the Packers are going that far, which most uh, folks in Wisconsin would hope that they'll get back to that point uh, very, very soon. There's been all kinds of Packers news in the last week, but nonetheless, back to Brewers. Uh, Sunday, January 28th is uh, when that's going to uh, be. As always on WTMJ, we're going to have the uh, Brewers uh, On Deck live show. Going to be a little earlier this year because there's a uh, Bucks game that afternoon, and I believe it's going to be uh, Greg Matzik and myself hosting that, so we always have a good time with that. But just a great event. The Brewers do a fantastic job putting that event on, and uh, that's going to be uh, taking place at the Wisconsin Center coming up on Sunday, January 28th, and we hope to see you there. That's going to do it for uh, this edition of uh, Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. Thanks so much for being tuned in. Have a wonderful week. Stay warm. It's getting cold again. And we'll talk to you again next week here on WTMJ Mobile. Thanks for listening to Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Matt will be back next week with another episode. For all the latest Brewers news, keep listening to the home of the Brewers. News Radio 620 WTMJ.